you're listening to Pave Media Show. Visit pavemedia.net for more podcasts and video entertainment. So, John, what pop song do you think would make your head explode? Dancing in the Moonlight by Top Loader. Ooh, that's a good shout for you. Very nearly has in the past. I hate that song with a passion that goes beyond all reason. Can you do a top five, do you think? What songs that I hate with a passion? That would make your head explode. Make my head explode. Okay. Uh, Dancing in the Moonlight. Mm. Beautiful by Christina Aguilera. Oh, I hate that song so much. In every single way. Yeah. Words oh. can get me Okay, first down. of all, we can't Sorry. afford the rights. We can't afford the rights. <laughs> <laughs> Is that something you sing to yourself a lot? Like, but yeah. yeah. So um, well. <laughs> oh god, five. That's a lot. Of, I don't have that much hate in me anymore. Like, <laughs> ask me like ten years ago, I would have been like, oh, I hate all these songs in the charts. Now I just like, I don't care. Mr. Brightside, The Killers. I don't hate that song. Do you not? No. I thought you'd be all over hating that song. No, it's catchy. John used to work in HMV and yeah. just seems to hate oh, the, everything. The, actually, that's given me some good inspiration. That song, no, The Killers were one of the better like albums that we used to play. Okay. Okay, no. That's inspiring. No, Ruby by the Kaiser Chiefs. Ah, yeah. That can die. Um, <laughs> oh, what, was it, what was it called? Mika. What was Mika's song called? Was, is it Golden? No, not Golden. You know the old... <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. That. Wow, you went pretty high there. Yeah. That on a hangover, like, at seven in the morning, doing, like, stock tech was just unfucking variable. Yeah. Oh, Grace Kelly, that's what it was called. Yeah. Um, and probably You're Beautiful by James Blunt. So just songs about being beautiful... Not a fan. <laughs> Not a fan. You can you can tell. Welcome everybody to Beyond the Box Set, the podcast where we pitch prequels, sequels and spin-offs to films that don't have any. At the moment we're in a Glen Close season, mm-hmm. for reasons, <laughs> um, and uh, this is the film three of four, just one left to go. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so this week it's Mars Attacks. It's Mars Attacks, yeah. Mm. This was a popular choice actually. Oh, yeah. I put it out onto the, the Twitters, the social medias, like what, what Glen Close films would you show somebody who'd never seen a Glen Close film, mm-hmm. which was, you know... The point of this, mm. for better or worse. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we've done the two the two obvious ones came out first. You know, Fatal Attraction, Dangerous Liaisons, they were requested a lot. Mm-hmm. And then this was, like, also requested quite a lot, which is kind of a, a different vibe for a Glenn Close film. Also I means she's not in it as much. Mm-hmm. So, take from that what you will. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I thought, well, I thought after last week's disaster, mm-hmm. I thought I'd try something a little bit different with you. Yeah. Because um, I felt like you were maybe done with, you know, serious talky dramas about relationships and stuff so yeah it's just not interesting no fair enough so I thought what's the opposite of that timber and aliens and <laughs> explosions and fun and silliness yeah you give me the face again did you hate this one too I didn't hate it okay uh, it was all a bit much was it a bit too silly for you yeah mm. Your bar for, like, entertainingly silly versus just silly is mm-hmm. very difficult to gauge where it lands, like... Yeah, you've never managed to hit it. No, no, because I had this with True Lies, I thought, oh, well, he likes Sky, so of course he's going to like True Lies. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, well, you like you like a disaster movie, and this is... And you like Tim Burton. Do I? Well, you like some Tim Burton, surely. Name a film that I like. Do you like his Batman movies? Mmm... Not really. No, Beetlejuice. We've well, not seen Beetlejuice. Not seen Beetlejuice. 
Oh, you weren't you weren't like into Scissorhands either, were you? No. Okay, maybe you don't like it, Tim Burton. Didn't think it through, did you? No, I didn't. Well, <laughs> well, look, it was this or I don't know more more dramas. It was this or the wife again, you know. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. fair enough. Well, I mean, what did you? What were your general thoughts on this then? While watching it, it's a bit crazy, really, isn't it? Well, yes, um, so. yeah. very interesting cast. Mm. I mean, everyone's in this. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, I love a good like everyone's in this movie. Mm. It's such a big cast. Like everyone who was famous in 1996. Mm-hmm is somewhere in this movie. Like, Christina Applegate's in this movie basically as an extra. She has no lines. Who? Christina Applegate, she is the blonde lady from Anchorman. That's what you know her from, I guess. No. You've not seen Anchorman? No. Okay. She's very funny. She's in lots of films, but I don't think you've seen any of them then. If you haven't seen Anchorman, I can't imagine what else you'd have seen her in. Okay. Okay, no, I know. She played Rachel's sister in Friends. Uh, the one okay. who wasn't Reese Witherspoon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ah, cool. Yeah. Still can't picture her, but sure. Blonde lady mm-hmm. yeah anyway she's in this and has <laughs> literally no lines she's just oh, an extra which is and she was famous in 1996 so yeah I guess all the lines got cut but yeah it, it's a huge cast is what we're getting at with mm-hmm. this yeah. mm-hmm. um, cool do you want to do a plot summary sure well I mean the before plot we summary... get to sequels yeah <laughs> racing along here um, well the plot summary is pretty basic like there's not much to say about it the plot is Mars attacks the clues in the title so mm-hmm. Martians attack the Earth mm-hmm. for no particular reason and so initially, people think that the Martians have come in peace. There's lots of scientists trying to work on translation machines, uh, and they think that the, this this is higher power. Well, is there's one scientist. There's one scientist who we'll talk <laughs> yeah. about. Yeah, <laughs> they think that they, these are higher intelligent beings who've come in peace to bring prosperity and you know, a bit of a Star Trek first contact kind of vibe, I guess. Yeah, uh, they prove to be horribly, horribly mistaken, mm-hmm. and the Martians land and just start basically wiping people out. Yeah, and basically we just have a few different characters who. You know, react to it. We've got Jack Nicholson as the president. We've got Lucas Haas as a little kind of southern kid with a dotty old grandma. Mm-hmm. We've got Annette Benning. Yeah, who was she in this? She was Barbara. She's in a hell of a wig. She looks so different. She is the kind of hippy dippy one who thinks that they've come in peace, but then quickly realizes that they haven't. She's the um, casino owner's girlfriend. Who's sitting on the car bonnet at the first contact moment? Yes. Yeah. Yes, her. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. So yeah, that's basically it. It's just. This film is not about the plot at all. Do you know what this film is? It's based on. It's not, but even based. Fuck on... all. No, no, it's based on a trading card game. Okay. Yeah. So sure. That's the that's the plot level we're dealing with. But this isn't about the plot. This film is. This is Tim Burton's love letter to like old campy B movies. Mm. Like this is deliberately like the special effects, even for 1996. Oh yeah, I could tell. That it's it was very deliberate. deliberately yeah. shonky. Like you know, it's not supposed to look amazing and cutting edge. Yeah, because wasn't it the same year as like Independence it Day? It was. Yeah, a very similar film yeah. on the surface. Like a lot <laughs> yeah. of the same things happen. Yeah. But yeah, like I miss this Tim Burton. I really mm-hmm. miss this Tim Burton. Like where you could tell it's just a crazy weird little passion project for him. It's like mm-hmm. he obviously really loves these old like silly black and white B-movies from the 50s that all had this exact plot and they all had like stars of the day just camping it up and like, you know it felt like especially what because we watched this shortly after we watched Dumbo where it just, it just felt like his heart just wasn't in that at all mm. I think that's been his case for a while like this is maybe the last of those Tim Burton films like Edward Scissorhands like Ed Wood like Beetlejuice that are just like him just doing stuff that he finds interesting and it doesn't really matter if anyone else likes it or not like mm-hmm. whereas now he's obviously just doing very corporate stuff which is a bit a bit disappointment yeah so yeah, I love that. I just love the whole vibe of it, how it's just so silly and throwaway. It's a very easy watch for me. Mm. That's another reason I thought, well, even if you don't, don't love it, like, after Dangerous Liaisons, which I think you really struggled with, this is a very easy film to watch, mm-hmm. I would think. Yeah. Do you agree? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'd say I was. Yeah. I, I did enjoy Jack Nicholson in this. Yeah. I thought he was he, he was doing peak Jack Nicholson comedy 
He was. Well, the best thing about this is I feel like everyone who's in this knows exactly what movie they're in. I was just about to say yeah. the same thing, yeah. yeah. So that helps a lot. Yeah. So no, Because so many of the people in this are way bigger than a movie like this. Yeah. Like, Pierce Brosnan at this point, he's James Bond. Mm-hmm. Yes, true. <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't need to be doing this. And, you know, most people in this are quite big. There's not only any small small actors at the time, even. No, most of them are pretty famous and were pretty famous. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot younger. Like, Natalie Portman was a lot younger. Oh, than yeah, yeah. She's now, obviously. Um, didn't recognise Jack Black for, for, till, like, halfway through the film. He didn't even last till halfway through the film. <laughs> <laughs> he was the first to go, wasn't he? He was the first to go, yeah. Um, that, that, that's a, that is, yeah, that's a very young... Jack Black. Like. Yeah, not looking anything like how Jack Black styles himself currently. No, 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 no. Also, he's got that very severe um, like army buzz cut, obviously, mm. and he's just just clinging onto his waistline yeah. by a fingernail. Like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed him in this. It was fun. <laughs> Die, you alien shithead! Okay, well, who's your favourite then? I think Jack Nicholson as the president is is just a great shout. Mm, He's yeah. got that really like smarmy vibe that really works. Like, yeah, but also he feels like he doesn't care at all. He's just. I don't, I, I don't know what it is. Just like he's not trying or something. Um, well, as, as an actor or as a character? As a character, I think. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's got. I think that works for this film. He's got that kind of jaded kind of quality. Mm. Like he's just kind of he's always always kind of strategizing. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's always about how it's going to play with the public and stuff. So mm, yeah. Oh, did you notice that he plays two roles in this as well? No. Oh, you didn't. He also plays the casino owner. What the 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 cowboyish guy? Galaxy Casino, or whatever it was called. Yeah, the cowboy guy who's married to. Annette Benning. I really thought that guy seemed quite familiar. <laughs> yeah, it's Jack Nicholson under like prosthetics and a oh, right. crazy wig and, and cowboy outfit. Yeah, oh, sure. Yeah. yeah, when I was thinking it was uh, Michael Keaton. Uh huh. Um, yeah. But just like un- I could see a lot of prosthetics and difficult to see who it actually was. Yeah, but, oh, that's cool. Yeah, I, I like that a double a bit of double acting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he gets to just really you know chew it up in that very Jack Nicholson way. Yeah, so I enjoyed that plot a lot. I mean, we should probably talk about Glenn Close since it's a Glenn Close podcast. Yeah. What did you think of Glenn Close? It's not Glenn Close. It's a Glenn Close, it's a Glenn Close podcast now, Harry. Season. This is, no, this is forever now. We're just exclusively doing Glenn Close movies. Hmm. <laughs> um, what now? What did you think of Glenn Close in this movie? She was fine. I mean, she I guess. Yeah. Well, it was obviously a much less prominent role than previous two movies sure 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 yeah she doesn't really have a lot to do in this no just a little bit of running and screaming around the place mm-hmm. and getting crushed by a chandelier very quickly <laughs> yes <laughs> well she plays the first lady yeah and it's not a huge part but I, I, she's very very like camping up to the max as well she really matches jack nicholson like mm-hmm. for the energy her reaction faces which is priceless i would say that uh glenn close in in this film to you know, continue my rating. Mm-hmm. I'd say that she was at, you know, I'd say maybe ten Merrills out of Merrill because I reckon Mel Street would have done just as fine. It would have been exactly the same performance. Pretty yeah. much, yeah. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen Merrill do this. This doesn't seem that far away from Death Becomes Her. No, like it's but... stupid, weird, specially effecty. You know, the sort of thing that no actor of that calibre needs to do. Sure. You know, it's just something you might want to do for a bit of fun. Sure, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't think Mara would take this. I mean, she'd be like, I don't need to do this. I'm not playing the first lady in a Tim Burton movie. Whereas Glenn was like, Meryl said no, I'll take yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. And she had fun with it. Yeah. yeah. To her credit, yeah. So is this a slightly more positive Glenn Close experience for you then than our last two? Yeah. Oh, good. Okay. Sure. I mean, well, from last week, thankfully, I think there's only one direction to go and that's up. Good, 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 good. Okay. Well, that's, that's, that's reassuring. I thought the colours, but uh, no, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, Nancy had this in the library, didn't she? Yes, indeed. I don't think so. <laughs> I thought perhaps the watered silk, and this week it's on sale. Uh, I hardly think I need worry about that. My husband is the leader of the free world. What do you think, Taffy? Why don't you just leave the Roosevelt room the way the Roosevelts wanted it? <laughs> because Eleanor Roosevelt was too fond of chintz. That's why. Then she gets crushed to death by a chandelier quite yeah. quickly. Yeah. Which was an enjoyable moment just to see the switch between Glenn Close and clearly just like a dummy made of straw. Yeah, a pile of rags, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Again, very deliberate, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I loved all that. Yeah, the practical effects in this were really, really good. Mm-hmm. Like, in the sense that they were not really, really good, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Like, I like the fact the aliens themselves I don't think they were particularly CGI I think they were like puppets I think they might have been like really? stop motion maybe they had a sort of stop motion feel to them but mm-hmm. like I'm sure there was it I, didn't look like CGI I don't know maybe a, a little bit maybe I, I, I don't know it was definitely like obviously green screened and so oh yeah that's the main thing to kind of take away from it that they don't look realistic and they do look green screened yeah but yeah, no, I don't, I don't know. No, I, I liked the whole look of them. Like the, the flying saucers were just flying saucers. Yeah, like it was very like extremely basic. Yeah, exactly. And it was exactly what you expect a Martian to look like in an old sci-fi film. They're the big green heads. And, yeah, yeah. And I liked that um, on their own spaceships, they're all just there, sort of lounging about, just in their underwear. Yes, yes. yes the no clothes policy on the spaceship was great. Yeah. <laughs> what confounds me most of all, gentlemen, is the lack of genitalia. And of course, down here we have the aorta, up here we have the sphinx. Notice the highly developed cranial nerve system here. This explains, of course, the cerebral arteries. And if we notice down here, behind the optic chasm, several glands. Very curious. So what the characters were there? There was... Um... Michael J. Fox. Yeah, he's in it for a little bit, yeah. Yeah. Very briefly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, what's her face? Sex in the City. Sarah Jessica Parker, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> she gets a good uh, little character up. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they're a couple. He's like a serious journalist and mm-hmm. she is a MTV mm. girl. So right? gossip. Gossip, sort of like, yeah. yeah. Exactly, exactly. yeah like, she probably presents on like the E channel or whatever it was at the mm-hmm. time. And she gets a little love story after Michael J. Fox dies with Pierce Brosnan, mm-hmm. who might be my favourite character, actually. What, Pierce Brosnan? Pierce Brosnan might be my favourite. Yeah. He was having a good time. <laughs> <laughs> I liked his ever-present pipe. <laughs> Yes, that was, yeah, that was that was good. <laughs> and his greasy, greasy hair. Mm-hmm. Um, again, he just turned on the smarm. I think him and Jack Nicholson on the screen were just were having like a smarm off mm-hmm. in the best possible way. Like. Mm-hmm. I loved him explaining science. Yes, with just like no information at all. Just like, oh, yep. So we know this, and we know this, and we know this, and this mm-hmm. is what they're here to do, and what they mean, and everything, and just constantly ignored, but also yeah. highly respected. It seems. Yeah. <laughs> it was very odd. <laughs> he wasn't ignored. They took him seriously up until the point the aliens started massacring people. 
Yeah, I suppose, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I guess the aliens make contact. They kind of surround Earth, don't they? Mm-hmm. And so the, the, the Earth reaches out and they, they arrange a meeting. And it's like in the middle of the Nevada desert, I think. Probably Area 51-y kind of sort of thing. thing. Yeah. yeah. And there's like a huge crowd of people waiting to meet the aliens. And this high-ranking member of the American government goes to greet them mm-hmm. with his comedically oversized walkie-talkie. Yeah. Did you notice that? But it was just <laughs> yeah, like was funny. ridiculously huge. <laughs> Little jokes like that. Yeah. Really like. Anyways, and he, like he used it to like just like call like his mum or his wife or something. Be yes, like, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna be the one. Yeah, I'm <laughs> so excited. Yeah, mm. uh, but that's because Pierce Brosnan and his science pals have invented a universal translator kind of thing, haven't they? Yeah. So they use that and they translate. It clearly, just does not work. <laughs> Doesn't work at all. Uh, well, first of all, the aliens only have one word. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. But they translate that as you know, we come in peace. So they're like, oh yeah, they come in peace. So then the aliens land and they shake hands. It looks like it's all going very well. And then a hippie releases a dove, and the mm-hmm. dove gets fried by the Martians, and the Martians just start shooting mm. everybody. Yep. Uh, Jack Black gets blown up. Uh, well, they, they don't get blown up. They get kind of disintegrated, incinerated. Yeah, yeah, incinerated. incinerated yeah, yeah. They're, they're they're just like again classic. B movie effects where they just like become skeletons. Yeah, away. they just fade into a skeleton. Yeah, it's great. It's really fun. Michael J. Fox gets killed. Mm-hmm. Sarah Jessica Parker gets kidnapped. Yes. Yeah. And then later on in the film, Piers Brosnan also gets kidnapped, and they both get. Oh, she's got this really annoying little chihuahua. <sighs> awful yappy little dog. Yeah. The worst. I hate chihuahuas. I'm my least favorite kind of dog. Yep. So they they get kidnapped, and just for no reason, the Martians decide to like decapitate her, keep her alive, but so off her head. Mm-hmm. So her head onto the Chihuahua's body, mm-hmm. and the Chihuahua's head onto her body. Yes, which is a wonderful yeah. visual. <laughs> yeah, mm, I mean, fantastic. How the Chihuahua's body can support the weight of Sarah Jessica Parker's head is questionable, but mm. I don't think that really matters. But no, it was a lot of fun. And then when Pierce Brosnan gets captured later on, because they've already had this little flirtation where he, she did an interview with him, mm-hmm. and they're flirting, and Michael J. Fox is watching in his office, and he's quite pissed off about it obviously mm-hmm. so they've got this whole thing and then when they get kidnapped so Pierce Brosnan also gets his head chopped off and he's just like attached to a bunch of wires and stuff yeah. and then they have this little headless or bodiless love story yeah little, it's a weird weird romance little, little, weird little romance it's like tragic because they both die at the end but they get their little kiss they roll into each other so. yeah <laughs> very sweet may I ask you a question mm. yes yes of course you can Natalie were you flirting with me on the show because if you were, I just want you to know that I liked it. <laughs> you did? Really? Because, you know, I've, I've watched you on TV quite a bit and, uh, well, I've had something of a schoolboy crush on you for, oh, gosh, ages. So then, is that the bit where they kind of take over government or something? Like, they call all the, all the government together? They go into Congress or something. and Yeah, the Martians claim that the Dove incident, the first massacre, was like a misunderstanding. Mm-hmm. So Pierce Brosnan's like, he's not been kidnapped at this point. He's like, great, so, you know, we can still pull this back. We can still make peace. And so they invite the aliens to speak before Congress. Mm-hmm. And the aliens just wipe out Congress, just wipe out mm-hmm. all the politicians, the entire room. It's, mm-hmm. Yeah, again, it's a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> well, it is. But yeah, so Jack Nicholson's kind of been behind the scenes the whole time because he's been kept safe. But then they invade the White House. They fully just invade the White House. Yeah. So there's lots of running around. A chandelier falls on Glenn Close, killing mm-hmm. her. Natalie Portman plays their daughter, who's called Taffy. What a name. What a terrible, terrible name. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't really get much to do in this movie, though. Mm-hmm. She's kind of just in the background. Yeah. She gets to live, I guess. Yeah. And inherit the presidency. I think so. I don't think that's how it works. No, but... I don't think so. No. <laughs> I guess everyone had been wiped out. It was like, well, you know, we need somebody. Like, yeah. Also, she was like 14. But yeah. 
so the other major plot line, I guess, is with... Uh, well, there's two. Well, there's the boxer, yeah? He's a boxer who's working in Vegas. Like an ex-boxer. He's like a washed-up ex-boxer. Yeah. Working as like a attraction, I guess. Like just Yeah, in, 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 like. he's in Caesar's Palace working yeah, as... Yeah, exactly. He's, just, he's dressed as like a, a pharaoh. Like, so, yeah. yeah. A gladiator. That's it, yeah. Yeah. There's something in that vein, yeah. Yeah. I guess he's I was the... I going to say a centaur for a while, but that's a half-man, half-horse half creature. Yeah. That's a very different thing. Yeah, yeah. it's a very different costume. <laughs> I mean, I'd like that. That would also be fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it would. <laughs> just for no reason, he's a centaur. Mm-hmm. Um, were you thinking of Centurion? Yes. There we yeah, go. There it is. Yeah, Thank see, you. I know why your brain works. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or doesn't, you know. Mm. Yeah, I, I guess he's as close as this movie has to a hero. Yeah, he is. Him or Lucas Haas, the mm. kid. No, everyone else is, isn't that... You know, particularly likable character like Jack Nicholson's in it a lot, but he's definitely not a hero. You know, you're not particularly sad when he dies, mm. except mm. other than being sad that oh, there's no more Jack Nicholson. He was fun. yeah, <laughs> pretty much yeah. yeah. So yeah, he basically his his whole thing is he's trying to get back to his son and his knows his sons. Sorry, he runs into the casino owner's wife Barbara. They mm-hmm. buy Net Benning in a crazy auburn wig. Mm-hmm. She's dressed as like '90s Madonna. A lot of yeah, yeah, it's a very 90s Madonna that all yeah. the bindies and the saris and the, yeah. <laughs> when Madonna went through a kind of ray of lighty hippy dippy phase mm-hmm. it was very that so they kind of team up because she's got a plane or they end up rescuing Tom Jones I did appreciate that the whole time I was like is that actually Tom Jones yeah. is Tom Jones playing himself in this what's going yeah. on that doesn't look like Tom Jones his face doesn't look right but no he's just 20 years younger yes yes yeah. I mean, his and you're is... still dyeing his hair yes very much so yeah. <laughs> I don't think he looks that different does he He's probably had a few facelifts, but, you know. I just didn't recognise his face in this at all. Fair enough, fair enough. I remembered him being in this more. My memory of this was that he was, like, a main character. He actually has, like, two lines. He's got more to do than Danny DeVito. Yes, Danny DeVito doesn't even get a character name. No. He's just credited as Rude Gambler. Yeah, whereas, like, you look on the posters, he's fourth build. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> like, <what's laughs> there's only four people build. Well, I guess he's, like, a Tim Burton staple, isn't he? Like, he's in a, quite a few Tim Burton films, mm-hmm. so it's like, well, yeah. You, yeah. Come, you expect a bit of Danny DeVito. Like. <laughs> I like the bit when he got killed. He's a lawyer, I think. He's, he's a gambler, basically. Yeah, yeah. He gets cornered by a Martian. He tries to worm his way out of it. Doesn't mm-hmm. work. He gets shot. And then... Just... He was saying, like, hey, you're taking over the world, right? Well, you need some lawyers. Yeah. Everyone needs lawyers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, for what? <laughs> Lawsuits. <laughs> Who's going to take them to court? <laughs> Class action damages. <laughs> That's the sequel, you see. I just like how Annette Benning's character just kind of goes, oh, I liked him. Like, mm, yeah. I don't know why. He was horrible. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> she seems like a girl who makes bad choices. Then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I surrender, okay? You understand what that means, surrender? Look at You're intelligent beings. Hey, let's cut a deal. I can help you. I'm a lawyer. You want to conquer the world? You're going to need lawyers, right? Here. You want my watch? Take it. Take it. Go on. It's a Rolex. Rolex! <laughs> So Tom Jones and the boxer and Annette Benning kind of charter a jet. And, oh no, the boxer doesn't. The boxer kind of has his, his hero moment where you think he's died. Where he, boxes mm, all, yeah, yeah. he boxes all the Martians. The boxer wants to get to the airport so he can get a plane, fly to Washington to his family. Yes. And then he's the only one who doesn't get on the plane. Yeah. So where are they going? They're just going for safety. Wait, she wanted to fly somewhere safe. W- where's safe? 
Well, the mountains. It's an international attack on the planet. Yeah. Well, she went, she said they would go somewhere remote in the, in the mountains where the aliens wouldn't find them. Uh, it seemed like a reasonable plan. Okay, you know? okay. They're attacking uh, I, I didn't catch that, but yeah, sure. It, it was like a one-line bit of exposition. Yeah. But I enjoyed the mental image at the end where they emerge from like a cave mm. and Tom Jones is basically Jesus. Yeah. He's like just <laughs> holding out his hand and there's like eagles yeah. landing in his hand. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Tom Jones is Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then he just bursts into it, it's not unusual. Mm-hmm. Like, I wonder at any point in this film if Tom Jones was like, you know, guys, I have other hits. Like, yeah. <laughs> he just sings It's Not Unusual like every time he's on screen. Mm-hmm. That's, his, that's his one. Mm-hmm. I guess that's his big American hit. But yeah, so that's that plot line. That's kind of fun. So the other hero is Lucas Haas. Mm-hmm. Who plays like, what's his character called? Mm-hmm. Oh, I do not know. Like a, Jack Black's brother. Jack Black's brother, yes. Richie. That was it, Richie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so basically his family are like trailer trash. Mm-hmm. They're pretty much, literally, they live in a trailer. They're very much that. And Jack Black's like the favourite son because he's the oldest son. He's joining the army. And Lucas Haas's character, Richie, he's more of like a scrawny little nerd that he doesn't really fit in with his family at all. Mm-hmm. But he does love his grandma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He loves his grandma, who's just like this dotty old lady who <laughs> doesn't seem to be all there at all. So Jack Black gets killed and his family, like, it should have been you that died. And just very horrible to him. <laughs> <laughs> I liked him a lot. He had a lot of like really good, like, slightly stonerish comedy moments. Like mm. just saying like really vapid things. Like, hey, they made the international sign for the donut. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's the, I like to deliver on those kind of lines. Just this slightly spacey character. Look at that brain. He must be real smart. It's gross. Don't forget, Natalie. We will look equally gross to him. Whoa. He made the international sign of the donut. But yeah, so he, he accidentally saves the world, him and his grandma. When the aliens land and invade and they're just blowing shit up everywhere, he kind of races over to his grandma's old people's home to try and save her. And uh, she's listening to some music. Oh, it's one of my favourite little visual gags of just the aliens just being arseholes for no reason. Just when they just put like the biggest, yeah. massivest laser targeted on this little old lady's head behind her back. Like, <laughs> just, just dicks. Yeah. Just dicks. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so he, he arrives just in time and she pulls the headphones out and then her music starts blasting. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that yodeling is their kryptonite, mm-hmm. which I enjoyed. So. Yep. Very good. <laughs> she likes listening to like yodely country music, like real country music. So mm. yeah, I think Slim Whitman is the singer. Yeah. Anyway, it's great. <laughs> and that just causes the aliens to scream and their heads to explode. And that's how they end up killing all of them. Yeah, they just blast yodeling music around. I guess at some point they just must just tell the radio stations, just like, hey, just everyone just play this all the time. Yeah, there must be, yeah. Yeah. It was like, why was it playing on the alien spaceship? I don't know, because they were monitoring mm, yeah. Earth audio you think, oh, stuff. You think, oh, this hurts, turn it off quickly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they just kind of don't die. Yeah. <laughs> but that, yeah, that causes all of the aliens to die. And all, this, all the flying saucers start crashing into the Earth, basically. And then mm. that's when poor old Sarah Jessica Parker and Pierce Brosnan die, because they, I guess, drown or it blows up or something. But in the last moments, their heads roll off and they manage to kiss. And then it's like, it's, it's funny and it's, it's stupid, but also sweet. Like. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. Yeah. <laughs> Probably a good summation for the film. I think it must be my music. One of the most memorable scenes that we haven't talked about is the female Martian. 
who oh yes now. yes or the martian disguised as a female mm-hmm. that was good fun mm. <laughs> yeah that was a whole that was a really good sequence yes so yeah because martin short plays like a sleazy pr kind of guy working in the white house mm-hmm. and he seems to have a thing for prostitutes mm-hmm and he, so he picks up this very strange-looking woman. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's obviously like an alien, a Martian head inside. So it's basically a woman with... A very tall woman with a giant beehive. Mm. <laughs> who, who doesn't say anything. And the way she walked was amazing. It, it was, of, yeah. It was... That floaty walk was fantastic. Yeah. Right? <laughs> uh, so he's like, hey, honey, you want to see the White House? Which I guess is what he does. He just shows him in the White House to get laid. Mm-hmm. Um, and she just doesn't say a word the whole time. It's great. So they kind of get into the bedroom situation. I don't know if you just have... Is that like you have a permanent bedroom in the White House? It seems like... Oh, uh, it was just a random sex room. A random sex room, sure. Yeah, yeah I guess the White House probably does have a random sex room. Mm. I remember the finger biting being another bit that really scared me when I was a kid. Yeah. I think this is a film that's like a good film to watch when you're like a kid. Because it's scary, but it's not like... It's not going to like destroy you. you know, it's not going to like traumatise you particularly. It's just I mean, kind it of... could, you don't know. Maybe some people did. But you know, mm. it's, it's, it's scary in that way that's like, you know, you, you can cope with it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Mm. so yeah lots, there's lots of scenes that just really burn into my memory from childhood which I think is what the the appeal of this film is like because mm-hmm. it's not like the funniest film in the world it has its moments it has funny moments and it's definitely a comedy mm-hmm. but I mean like I don't think it's so much making fun of it's not like a spoof as much as it's just like a love letter it's like a remake of it's like what if those cheesy B-movies were getting made in 1996 with big stars mm. and with Tim Burton directing I think that's what Tim Burton wants us to do and it's like oh it would look like this. Yeah. Yeah. I so, guess, yeah. Yeah. Which I like. I, I think that's that's the kind of thing Tim Burton does. He doesn't he doesn't like make fun of things, he just kind of celebrates them. Mm-hmm. And this film like feels like it's a celebration of those kind of films, which mm-hmm. yeah. I really appreciated. What was your favourite death? There's some mm-hmm. very memorable deaths in this film. I think probably Jack Nicholson actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think his was the best. Like he just had the best reaction to best faces and stuff. Like he does a good face. Oh he did great face. Mm. His face work in this film was Top notch. Yeah. yeah. No, that's going to be mine, I think. Sure, yeah. So Jack Nicholson as the president, not Jack Nicholson as the casino. Oh, yeah, yeah. President, yeah. Sure, yeah. Yeah, that'd be up there for me. Uh, the, well, ca- the casino guy, I just thought, like, well, what's the point of this storyline? Like, no. this doesn't mean anything to anybody, really. <laughs> I think it was more for Annette Benning's character. I guess, yeah. yeah but... Setting her up a little bit. She's married to this, married to this like, sleazeball. And, like, mm. She's not very satisfied. Like, Yeah. I like how when she finds the boxer and she's like... I've got a plane, and she, he goes, "Oh, doesn't that belong to your husband?" She goes, "Oh no, he's dead." <laughs> She's not so unbothered. She's, like, "Oh yeah, he died." Like, yep. <laughs> Should have seen that coming. Byron. 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 Do you know anyone who can fly a plane? Yeah, your husband Art. No, he's dead. I told him this was going to happen. I even loaded a plane with supplies. I want to go to Tahoe, to the Tahoe Caves. It's remote. The Martians won't find it. Well, where's the plane? Uh, p- private airfield, other side of the freeway. You think we'll fly to Washington, D.C.? Why? I want to go to Tahoe. Cool, should we do some drinking games? Let's, yeah. Okay, so I've got, uh, I've only got three today. Okay. So first one is drink whenever a head explodes. That's a good one, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I add drink whenever you recognise a new famous person. Ah, okay, well I've got one here. Drink whenever an actor you recognise dies. Yeah, well that works too. Yep. Either when they arrive or when they die. Yes. Yeah, you do both, yeah. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> most of them do. In tribute to Glenn Close. Drink every time Glenn Close makes a reaction face. Sure. Yeah. What there's like I a feel gift. like you've done that every episode, but yeah. Well, it's what she does. She gives good face. Say what you like about Glenn Close. The lady gives good face. Sure, yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Um my last one, drink whenever a landmark gets damaged or destroyed. 
Ooh, yes, I've got that too. That's very good. Yeah. Mm. Again, so much of this is like Independence Day. It's great. Like those mm, sequences yeah. are very similar. Well, I wouldn't say very similar. Not very similar, but you know, the same landmarks a lot. You know, you see mm. the Tower of London and uh, Big Ben get blown up, don't they? The Eiffel Tower. Yeah, you see the Eiffel Tower go. You see the Washington Monument go. Yeah, you do, yeah. Oh, you see the Mount Rushmore where they jump oh, yeah. and send them into the Volmartians, which is good fun. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I liked with the French scene as well. So, obviously, in the middle of the invasion, Jack Nicholson gets a phone call from the French president. Mm-hmm. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, we have agreed... To, he's doing a very, very French thing. You know? Yeah. <laughs> we have agreed to a, a peace treaty with the Martians. And he's like, no, Pierre, get out of there. And then <laughs> you just hear blasts and all the, you know, the French government gets blown up as well. And mm-hmm. then... Jack Nicholson just kind of puts his... He just face palms. just goes, yeah. oh, mon dieu. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's great. Yeah, that was very good. <laughs> Drink for 90s phones. Okay, yeah, There's cool. lots of... I mean, the, the, the giant walkie-talkie doesn't even qualify as a 90s phone. That's just, <laughs> that's just a visual gag. Yeah. But there's a lot of... There is a lot of 90s phone work. Like, Sarah Jessica Parker's got a big, big old flip phone. Like, mm-hmm. lots of 90s mobiles and stuff, which mm-hmm. yeah. are always fun to spot. Yeah. The visuals for this film were very, like, 90s meets the 50s, which I thought was really interesting. Mm. Like, there was lots of, like, 90s fashion, but also a lot of very... F- like, Sarah Jessica Parker looked very, like, a parody of the 90s, like, with the big neon colours and, like, the little 90s bob and stuff. But then you've got Glenn Close, who's dressed like a 50s kind of housewife kind of thing. And mm. Everyone's watching, like, really old TVs. Not just, like, 90s old, but, like, 50s old, like, the little square ones. Yeah, and- they always, like, really round the edges. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, it was all very odd. Yeah, well, I think it's deliberately, it's like mixing, mm. you know, the, the era that these original films would have got made versus the era that this film's set in, so. Mm, yeah. Tiny little thing, but I just really enjoyed the fact that Natalie Portman, there's a scene where she's like in her bedroom watching TV on a tiny little television, mm-hmm. and she gets served pizza on like a silver platter. <laughs> just a <laughs> yeah. funny little tiny little moment, I was like. The little jokes are what makes Tim Burton films for me. Mm-hmm. Drink for poor decision making. Lots of characters make bad choices in this mm-hmm, film. Yeah, that happens. Yeah. And finally, same as you drink when famous buildings get destroyed. So, yeah. yeah. Mm, very good. So, final impressions? Final impressions? Mm. Mm. You seem kind of never here nor there on this one. Well, yeah, that's, that's what... That's mm. Yeah, yeah, that's sure. That, 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 that is the, yeah, the international language for meh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. What would have made this film better for you? Mm, I don't know. It, it like it went for something and it it did it. That something's just not something that's really your yeah. cup of tea. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Yeah. It didn't really do anything wrong. No, I'm not sure. So yeah. I mean, were you bored or were you just like, oh, this is too silly for me? Uh, I think both. Both. Okay. Yeah. I feel like it's a hard one to be bored by because it's like it's really tight and fast paced. There's not like loads of like wasted time in it. A lot of it just feels like the same thing happening again and again. That's probably fair. It's kind of like, oh, man, we must get all this cast. Wow. Okay, well, better write enough stories. Yeah. And it's all just the same. Like, oh, they're going about their lives. Oh, mushrooms attack. Oh, yeah. they're dead. I mean, yeah, to be fair, none of the characters have personalities particularly. Like, mm. it doesn't really give you a lot of... Jack Nicholson's probably the only one who has, like, a character. Yeah. Like, uh, maybe just... Pierce Brosnan and, and yeah. Sarah Jessica Parker. Like, they've got a bit of a story going on. But... Sure. Other than that, there's almost nothing happening. No, they're mostly just reacting to things. There's yeah. not even even like Lucas Haas and the grandma. They just they, they don't really you don't really know a lot about them. Particularly. Yeah, they don't have anything to do until the last five minutes. Sure, yeah, they're just there because you know. Yeah, we just drop in on them every now and then. Yeah, mm. so I, I think that's fair. When you have a huge cast at a film like this, it means that you don't really get like you know, it's the actors' charismas that you know, the charisma of the actors that makes it work because the characters aren't really on the page. So, yeah, I think you know, probably yeah. It, yeah, it really coasts on charm, but mm. I don't mind that. Mm. Particularly.
I like celebrity spotting. Like, yes, that is that is always good. Yeah. So I guess that's it then. Should we move on to Patreon? Yeah, so if you've enjoyed this episode or you've enjoyed any other episodes and you want to support us or say thank you or something, then please go to patreon.com slash set where you can support us for as much or as little as you like mm-hmm. per month. And if you do that, then you get a few bonus features, which include a bonus show we do called Beyond Beyond the Box Set, mm-hmm. where we review for, uh, cinema releases. Yes. Which is yeah, good fun to do. We've got a couple to record tonight on... What are we doing? Uh, we are going to be doing Shazam and Pet Cemetery. Oh, yeah. Pretty much the same film, right? Identical, mm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're both going to be a good time to talk about, definitely, because yeah. they were, in very different ways, great films to watch. Indeed, yeah. I had a lot of fun with both. Yeah. Mm. Not saying they're great films. Just... Fun to watch, good cinema experiences. Oh yes, yes, and then I've been once for the ages, but, but anyway, we'll 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 get we'll get to that more in those episodes. So yeah, that's so. there on Patreon, mm-hmm. um, and also um, not just that, but once a month, every Patreon will get a thirty-second advert slot on the main show, mm-hmm. for which you can advertise whatever you want. Could be your own podcast, your own business, somebody else's podcast, the latest TV show you've been watching. Maybe you really like Game of Thrones. You want to talk about Game of Thrones mm-hmm. and tell us how, how, how good Game of Thrones is. Yeah. Um, I think it's a, sh- it's a real shame that show like really died a death. Like, you know, yeah, like, just no, aren't talking no, about it yeah, no one's talking about it anymore. Like, yeah. what happened? It's like the last season of Lost. People are just giving up. Yeah, it's <laughs> such a shame. Yeah. Really flying under the radar. Yep. But you know, if, for the few that are still watching it, it's still pretty good. Yeah, and yeah, if you want to rave about it, then become a Patreon. Mm. Finally, once a month we have a Patreon come on the show, mm-hmm. and well, either well, we we have a Patreon pick a film for us. Yes, and are very welcome to come on the show as well. That's encouraged, but you don't have to. No. I think we might have something planned in the next couple of weeks. Yes, we do. Just as soon as we finish wrapping up this Glen Close season. So mm-hmm. One more of those. And then, yeah, we're going to have one of our most recent Patreons. He's going to come on and talk about a very different kind of film. And I'm excited for it. So, yeah, Great. we'll reveal more about that next week. Sure thing. At the end, well, the end of next week's episode, yes. yeah. Mm-hmm. Hi, I'm Lee, and I host Connected Hearts, a Kingdom Hearts fan community podcast. Each episode, a guest and I talk about the game series and the fantastic community surrounding it. From artists, to streamers, cosplayers, and podcasters, we talk about how a dog, a duck, and a boy in silly shorts teaches us that our friends are our power. You can find the show on iTunes or grab the RSS feed from Twitter for the podcatcher of your choice, at Podcast Hearts. And hey, may your heart be your guiding key. Cool, cool. Right, so, on to some sequels. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so this one is going to pick up directly during the attack um, in the original film. Okay. So we're um, still in the 90s. Still in the 90s, yeah. Okay. One of the Martian ships, um, in all the chaos, has uh, landed by a hospital. Mm-hmm. And it's, in, it's inside, it's killing everyone because, you know, they're dickheads. Mm-hmm. Um, Where's this hospital? In America? Uh, yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, well, well, one of these Martians is just walking room by room, just killing random people. It walks into the um, the maternity ward. Okay. I believe it's called the room with all the unattended babies, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> Kills the nurse that's on guard there or whatever. And uh, they're just about to start going killing babies. Sure, but, that'd, that'd be rough. Yeah, it would be rough. I, mean, I think this film was wise to not show babies being vaporised. That's, yeah. that's a hard sell. Uh, sure, if that's where you want to go, you monster. And so it looks down at one of the cribs and looks into the eyes of one of the babies. Oh. And then it, 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 like its heart wells up or something. Like It drops its gun, grabs the baby... Runs back to its ship. Oh, okay. So we've got an alien being raised by Martians. Is that a baby being raised by Martians? Yeah. Is that what we're gonna have? Yeah. Yeah. And this is when they get the message that like abort, abort, like it's, it's all gone to shit. We don't like yodeling. Yeah. <laughs> um, really don't like yodeling. <laughs> and uh, so it's like shit, need to go. Yeah. And yeah, they 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 take off and fly away into the sky towards Mars. 
And then Yodeling Music just plays over the credits and we get our title, Mars Attacks 2, Attack on Mars. Oh, interesting, a reversal. 20 years later. Uh-huh. So, you know, presentation day 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, Natalie Portman has um, recently been re-elected president for the fifth time in a row. Oh, wow. That's unconstitutional, but I guess after um, what went down, maybe they just changed everything, yeah? Yeah. I mean, America is pretty much just a dictatorship now. Sure, sure, sure. Well, in real life or in this film? Or both? <laughs> I will neither confirm nor deny. Okay, sure. How many years later did you say 20 years later? Yeah, just whatever. Sure, well, okay, fine, yeah. So roughly in the present day? Yeah. Okay, right, I'm with you. Cool. And so for Revenge of, uh, you know, what happened to her parents and indeed for the millions across the globe who lost their lives 20 years ago, mm-hmm. she's devoted her presidency to two things, rebuilding sure, and uh, also upgrading the military to become a space-bearing fleet. Oh, nice, okay. Um, using abandoned Martian tech, America has now permanent colonies in orbit and also on the moon. Mm-hmm. And there has been a long-term plan to take Mars, um, as not only are they our mortal enemy, but Earth is quite overpopulated and low on resources. You know, yeah. present-day global warming issues, whatever. I mean, it feels like the Martians killed a lot of people. Yeah, but I, I feel like... I don't feel it was, like, billions. It wasn't like... A, they didn't, like, fan it. Right? No, I don't really get that impression. No, just, like, fine. they caused a lot of chaos. Okay, fine. I mean, they were just going around with guns, shooting people. I mean, they did also blow up whole cities, but sure. Did they? Well, they blew up a lot of monuments. You got a fake. That's not whole cities. That's just like. But sure, I'll go with it. It's overpop. Twenty years later, overpopulation. Sure. Yeah. I mean, like, so this Martian tech might have been spread out through the world, and just like humanity has really grown from having all this futuristic technology, and like, oh, now we've just got twelve billion people living on the planet, and we can't do it. We don't have enough food. Sure. Yeah. It would. It would be a tough time. You Mm -hmm. know. We'll, we'll see how the next 10 years works out for well, us. Exactly, yeah. It's just chilling. Yeah, so President Portman, I'm going to refer to her as... as it's in, a great as, name. As, it is, isn't it? President, President Portman. Portman. Why shouldn't... She should run. Yeah. I mean, I can't vote for her because I'm not American, but... No. It can't be any worse than what we've got right now, so... Yeah, exactly. President Portman. Portman 2024. Yeah. I mean, it's 2020 first, isn't it? Probably a bit late for us for a hat in the ring now, I'm not sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so she is personally leading the attack on Mars and will, in fact be in the flagship, ready to come down to Mars to murder their leader. and to oh. So some... as she's just abandoning her presidency for the time being to go on a revenge mission to Mars? Not necessarily abandoning her presidency, but just like she's on a mission. Okay, sure. Yeah, I'll buy it. Whatever, yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, she's she's a dictator. She can do whatever she wants. I guess. Is she like an evil dictator? Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. All right. Yeah. I mean, well, I, I'm not saying that like she's the bad guy or anything, but just like she's definitely a politician that's not universally loved. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Um, I think Natalie Portman would play that well. Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, expect, I'm, I'm expecting Natalie Portman at eleven in this. Great, yeah. great. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. her ships descend to the Martian surface and land in the outskirts of what appears to be the capital city. Okay. The soldiers burst out of their ships and attempt to start killing any Martians in sight, similar to how the Martians did to them twenty years ago. So how many? Is, that, is this like a whole fleet? So there's a whole army is mm. invading, not just like a few people on one ship. Well, maybe at this point it's just like. One ship, yeah, it's probably just one ship for now, but like... Like the away team, but they're taking on an entire planet. Well, they're just sort of testing, like I said, land on the outskirts just of, of a city. Sure, They okay. just go one by one. Okay, um, right, I see. And so they do that, uh, they, they've all got these brand new weapons mm-hmm. that pretty much just have a very concentrated stream of yodeling. Oh, nice, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so like, it fires the gun like a laser flashes and it just like yodeling, it just blows up. Yep. That is great. Yeah. Um, and uh, for kind of a publicity thing this is all live broadcast back to earth oh, okay as in just like yep we're taking control of our solar system oh nice okay 
So it's being live streamed. Yeah, pretty much. The Martian invasion is being live streamed. Yeah, it's 2019. That's what happened. Now, these weapons, they don't work. Okay. It's a bit of a surprise. The weapons are useless, and the soldiers actually have no way to kill the Martians. Oh, dear. So it's a bit of a surprise. And uh, this group of soldiers, I don't know, maybe 12, 20 people, doesn't really matter, um, they get taken prisoner. Oh, okay. Um, and are held beneath the royal palace. Is, in, is in President the of the Portman city. also been taken prisoner? No, not yet. Okay. And so then the Martian leader, they broadcast a message to President Portman mm-hmm. and to Earth as well, again, live, saying that if she wants to see her soldiers alive again, then she must come down herself and discuss terms. Okay. Again, this all being very public turned out not to be such a good idea because now she has to comply or else she's just abandoning people on Mars. Sure, yeah. And as we all learned from watching The Martian, you can't, like... That's the bad PR. No, can't very do bad it. PR. Bad PR. You can't even leave Matt Damon. So, no. <laughs> so, yeah, Natalie has to comply at risk of losing her position as president. So she goes down in person and gets escorted to, to the royal palace by Martians. Mm-hmm. She's taken into the throne room and sitting in her throne room is a human. And it's... This 20-something-year-old man. Who did he land on? Tom Holland. Tom Holland, okay. I would like to see him really hamming it up. I think he could do that. Yeah. I think he could, too. Yeah. It was between him and Jaden Smith, and Jaden Smith, uh, he's just not got anything. No, no, he's quite boring. Tom Holland yeah. has charisma. I'm sure he can do things that aren't just yeah. Spider-Man. I'd, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for him to do things that aren't Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see him playing a villain. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I think he, he could be really good. Yeah. Or he might not be. He might right? be terrible, but it'll be entertaining either way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it would. Um, anyway, so... Um, keep saying anyway a lot now. It's starting you, to bother me. You always do. It's fine. I edit it. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Uh, he explains that he was from Earth 20 years ago, and many experiments were done on him. Okay. The Martians they managed to copy his ears, pretty much, and use them to make themselves impervious to yodeling. Oh, wow, okay. I mean, they don't like it. They find it, it painful. But it doesn't make it doesn't, 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 doesn't kill them. Sure, yeah. And not just that. They've also managed to do a few tests on human ears, and designed a type of music so unpleasant to the human ear that it will essentially have the same, the same effect. It'll, it'll blow up a human's head. Is it the music of Mika? No, no. I mean, to be fair, it could be. Yeah. We, we can make it that if you want. Yeah, sure, yeah. I was going to go with dubstep, but yeah, Mika sounds good. Okay. <laughs> You're such a grumpy old man. Dubstep. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just think of genres that I generally don't like. It's either dubstep or opera, and opera doesn't really have, like... It's, it's too slow. Yeah, I guess. I see what you mean. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah, so Tom Holland also explains he's been fitted with Martian ears or, or upgraded Martian ears which he then shows to, to Natalie nice and maybe big green things or something coming off the side of his face great yeah so he's looking pretty stupid yeah is he wearing just boxes as well yes yes <laughs> <laughs> sure like, well this is what we all wear like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah he says that after looking at them for so long he learns to like the Martians actually mm-hmm. and he likes their way of life and mm-hmm. eventually they elected him their leader and so Pretty much to sort of bridge the gap between the two worlds. Mm. He extends an arm out to Natalie to, to shake hands. Who's still haunted by her past, sees him as just a Martian monster. Sure, yeah. She bats his hand away, stating he's one of them, a mm. traitor. And she will find a way to obliterate them from existence mm. and sit on his throne as the president of the solar system. I can I very much imagine Natalie Portman doing that speech. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to this, the Royal Guards all hold up weapons pointed at the imprisoned soldiers. Mm-hmm. They fire... The weapons all played directed stream of Mika, mm-hmm. and the soldiers' heads ripple a bit, and then all one by one explode. Mm, what a horrible way to go, Mika. Tom Holland is, of course, lip-syncing to this. Oh, yes, for his life. <laughs> yeah. He says that if she leaves now and never returns, he will spare her, but she spits in his face. Ooh. 
Confrontation on Ali. Yeah. Not really got much to bargain with anymore. Yeah. Um, and then pretty much just commence a montage of Martians wiping out the humans that have landed on Mars with Mika oh, okay. as, a, as, as a soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a post credit scene. We see Tom Holland with his, you know, invincible Martian human ears mm-hmm. um, getting into a ship and heading towards Earth. Oh, so the bad guys continued. Oh, so we continued with saving the franchise. Okay. Uh, well, I would I would argue that the bad guys are President Portman and Co. Yeah, I guess. Really? Well, yeah, they're invading their home planet. I mean, it's retaliation yeah. for the Martians attacked first. True, true, true. So, so yeah, in this film, it's kind of switched around in okay. in whatever third film there is that Tom Holland's just going to be this random person of both worlds mm, okay. Who, who's the bad guy who knows maybe everyone's the bad guy maybe Tom Holland's the bad guy maybe yeah well maybe you could do a thing where the original film The Martians actually did have a reason for needing to wipe out the humans oh yeah you know it could be like all those rovers that they've been sending out all those years have been causing horrible <laughs> damage to their atmosphere or something you know mm, maybe, yeah. maybe you could justify their behaviour a little bit and they're not, so they're not just like assholes but yeah something you know, like that so it's like oh the humans were the villains the whole time <laughs> it's a classic twist mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah that okay. like a work no, I think that's pretty good. What did you say the title was? Uh, Mars Attacks 2, Attack on Mars. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's a very simple title, very simple, to be honest. But it's, but... Yeah, it sets out what you wanted to do and you did it. So, mm. very good. Mm-hmm. What have you got then? So, yeah. Um, I felt like because we are in a Glenn Close season, I mm. felt like it was only fair that I'd do something with her in the sequel. Mm-hmm. Which is difficult because she's definitely dead. Yeah, like I kind of wanted to do something with her, but just, you know, then... You can't do a sequel of any kind unless you do something really weird, which maybe you're about to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I felt bad not using her, but just, I had a story. It didn't involve her. No, that's perfectly fine. So I was thinking, so what is it about this film that works? And like I, we talked about earlier, I think that one of the things that makes this film really good is the cast. Like, mm-hmm. just the fun of watching all of these stars. And the other thing I liked about this film was that Tim Burton was doing something he was really passionate about. It was like this love letter to B-movies and stuff, so... Mm-hmm. And as I mentioned earlier, I do miss this Timber, and I miss like Timber and doing crazy little passion projects. So I thought, what if we reunited this cast with Timber and again on another, not direct sequel, but the same cast doing kind of a similar kind of movie? Mm-hmm. So he's done the Martian one. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking it could be another famous kind of nineteen fifties B movie would be kind of more of a like sex action, almost soft core porny kind of thing. They did a lot of things like you know. What 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 are you what do you want about? I'm so, like they they did a lot of films of like you know like it's, it'd be like Amazon women on the moon that kind of thing like mm-hmm, there'd okay. be lots of like chesty women running around in not a lot of clothes like you know with very little purpose. I mean it'd be fun to do something like that from a Tim Burton perspective. I think he'd do that very well. So I'm thinking this film is not a sequel, but it's the same cast and it's called Cat Women from Venus. Okay. Yeah, I'm very interested to see where this goes, but also don't really want to. <laughs> so, as I say, it's not a sequel. Mm-hmm. So it's not related. It's not in the world of the original film, but it's the same cast. And it opens on the first ever manned space mission to the planet Venus. Okay. Uh, which has not yet happened in the real world because it's got a very hostile atmosphere, I think. Mm-hmm. So, I feel like Jim Brown, the boxer, he can play, he'd be a good ship's captain. You know, he's big and imposing and commanding. So, he's the ship's captain on this mission to Venus mm-hmm. and then a lot of the other cast members are also going to be there so we'll have uh, Pierce Brosnan as the chief science officer great yeah still smoking that pipe obviously <laughs> Lucas Haas botanist you gotta have a botanist yeah I yeah. guess whatever uh, Tom Jones ship entertainment <laughs> <laughs> Tom Jones as Tom Jones Tom Jones as Tom Jones just lounge singing in space now yeah mm-hmm. sure. and Jack just Black. the one song though just the one song yeah just yeah. on a constant loop his own personal hell yeah although maybe instead of 
I don't know, maybe instead of a, it's not unusual, he could do like Sex Bomb or something. Just mix it up a bit. Mm. Yeah, one of his funnier ones. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jack Black as a red shirt. <laughs> it would be a lot of fun. Yeah, that's good. So they're on this mission to Venus, which they believe to be uninhabited and un- uninhabitable. Mm-hmm. So they're just there to like collect soil samples, do some experiments, you know, typical. Like they, like the Martian. I'm imagining it's like the Martian at this point. Yeah. They land on Mars, they break through the atmosphere. But when they get there, they're shocked to discover that there are actually whole cities on Venus. Mm-hmm. They've evaded discovery mm-hmm. because of the very harsh atmosphere. It means it, it clouded uh, the okay, senses, yeah. so nobody ever seen it. Uh, actually, Venus I is. See. Yeah. So they, they land on Venus and they're greeted by an envoy of, of women, Okay. basically. Women who are half woman, half cat. Sure. Well, they're aliens, but the alien makeup makes them look like half woman, half cat. Which that'd be... What, are they still like a human shape and size, but just like with cat ears and whiskers and a, and a cute little nose? I think so, yeah. And a tail. Yeah. A tail oh, and a tail, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but, I think that's but, but, but then what's going on, like, boob-wise? <laughs> what's going on, boob-wise? Yeah. What, 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 have we got, what have we got there? What are we talking? How many are we talking? How many boob Two? Six? Eight? I don't know how many a cat has. You sound like you do. Six or eight, I don't know. Six or eight, fine, yeah. Uh, sure, maybe they've got eight boobs, but just tiny little nipples. Just just eight nipples, but no boob. Okay, so you show a nipple. Yeah, sure. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. But nipples without boob. I feel like the nipple is the thing that needs covering to be... You know, shown on, on in, in films and stuff. You could, well, this film could be a little bit more highly rated. I don't know. Free the nipple. Are they all uh, shown? All the all the nipples, or is like is it is is there is there two at the top that just look like human boobs, mm-hmm. and then just like the stomach is just like a mess of nipples. <laughs> it's just a, wow, <laughs> painting quite a picture. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, maybe the. Bear in mind, you're getting real women to actually act this. Sure. Yeah. We use CGI. To do what? To just have like a flat-chested, eight-nippled woman? Yeah. Okay. Sure. Maybe they're wearing like pasties. I don't know. Sure. Is Glenn Close one of these people? We're going to get to Glenn Close, but yes. <laughs> wow, okay. I'm interested to see. So they're greeted... You know what? I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> they're greeted by the Venusian cat women. Mm-hmm. And they are... T- Wait a minute. This whole season has been about Glenn Close's boobs. You can't take them away now. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. They've all got boobs. Okay, good. Do they have to wear four separate bras, or do they have like just one piece that does everything? I feel like you're focusing on this a little bit too much. <laughs> <laughs> so they get captured by these Venusian catwomen, and they're taken to the leader. Mm-hmm. And the leader is Glenn Close. Okay. She's the queen of the cat people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think she'd be good at that. Mm-hmm. She's got a look of a cat sometimes, like, I think. Slightly cat Does she? I think she's got like cat-like qualities to her. I don't know. Like... What? I don't know. Cats always look pretty scheming and evil, you know? Okay. Yeah, yeah no, you, you, you sold me on that, I guess. Mm. One of my rejected sequel ideas that I never got around to for Dangerous Liaisons was the same film, but everyone's a cat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that works. Yeah. They, they just seemed like cats. You know? <laughs> okay. John Malkovich is very much a cat. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so... They I mean, get... he does lick his hand and wipe his face at one point, doesn't he? Well, exactly, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And hiss at someone. Yes, you see, yeah. it, all, it all ties together. Yeah, uh, I wish I'd gone with that. Now it's probably better than the idea I came up with. But never mind. Uh, so they're greeted by Glenn Close as the queen of the cat people, and initially she seems very friendly, and it's an all-female society, mm-hmm. and so she she kind of welcomes them and tells them all that they're welcome to stay for as long as they want, and uh, you know they can, they can ask any questions they want, but first they should get more comfortable. Mm-hmm. So they all get taken away to like you know 
their own rooms and stuff and they're all kind of loving it. And basically what I'm thinking of here is that this is going to be kind of a sex slavery thing, maybe? Sure. Like, so maybe Jack Black, the red shirt, he gets taken by one of the cats. He's, he's very excited, you know, because it's an ape-breasted woman with, you know, I don't know, that attractive image, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, maybe he, get, he can be the first, because he's a red shirt, he's the first one who gets, like, sexed to death. Okay. Yeah. There's lots of, like, you know, like Death by Snoo Snoo from Future Dom. Just about to quote that yes, as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, they're all kind of getting used to these new surroundings and they're like, you know, this is fascinating. And, you know, and then they find that Jack Black's, like, corpse, just his mangled corpse, just with, like, smoke pouring from his crotch or something. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like that. I mean, that'd be fun. Uh, <laughs> maybe they get sexed so much to death that they become skeletons. Like. <laughs> yep. Skeletons were just shattered pelvises. Just yep, like, that works yeah, very well. They literally well. burst into flames. Like, <laughs> and yeah, so I think it'd just be like they realise that the cat women are actually evil slave masters in this. It, I guess it becomes like an escape thing. They need to try and escape from the planet of the cat women. Mm, they would, yeah. yeah. Maybe it turns out that the, the women have already killed all of their own men folk many generations ago. Like, mm-hmm. And they need men to, you know, reproduce to help you know, to keep the species alive or something. I don't know. Oh, maybe there's like a love story. Something like to use the female cast of Mars Attacks. So Annette Benning can be Glenn Close's like right hand woman, you know. Mm-hmm. And then maybe Natalie Portman is like a nice cat woman. Yeah. And maybe she falls in love with like Lucas Haas for real. You know, they have the, the whole thing. Yeah, that. And works. then she starts to develop sympathy. She's like, I don't want to sex you to death. Like, you know? <laughs> he's like, you could try. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And yeah, so maybe she takes pity on them and tries to help them to escape. And you know, there'll be all kinds of confrontations and. Ultimately, I think it has to end with Glenn Close dying. Well, what if... I don't know, I'm just thinking about, like, uh, the way that cats will, like, sit on the bonnet of a car when it's just turned off because it's warm. Mm. What if she's just, like, hanging out in the engine of their rocket because it's warm there? Yes, yeah, okay, I like that. Yeah, we should lean into the cat thing more. Yeah. So, um, yeah. <laughs> what else kills cats? Curiosity. Yeah, well, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I know, I know, I know, I know. Mm-hmm. He crushes her with a giant ball of yarn. Sure, that sounds great. <laughs> yeah, maybe they worship. That's it. So as well as being, like, sex murderers, maybe they also worship, like, the great god, you know, the great the great god of Venus, and they're like, you know, we'll, we'll sacrifice all the men to the great god. And the, it's like, the whole film of the mystery is what is the great god? It's, like, hidden behind, like, a in a, in a temple or something. Mm-hmm. And then... At the end of the film, all, all the surviving men are being brought in to be sacrificed, and it turns out that the god that they worship is just a giant ball of yarn. <laughs> yep, I like and that. they're all just pouring at it like meow, meow. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> uh, and yeah, maybe with the help of Natalie Portman, maybe they manage to fight back. Maybe she cuts like the something that's holding the yarn together, and the ball of yarn rolls over and crushes Glenn close to death. That works. Yeah, and the, the rest of the, the men and, and Natalie Portman make a break for freedom and they escape from Venus and um, maybe set up for a sequel. It's not my biggest idea. Yeah, you, yeah, you started well. I started well and then I trailed off a bit, didn't I? I don't know. Mm. I, 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 those films are always so like paper thin, which is kind of the point. Like, mm. but No, I, th- I, think, I think you've got something there with throwing the cast into a completely different scenario. Yeah, that's really what I wanted. I just um, wanted the cast to be doing something different i like i like the idea of them doing those kind of exploitation movies so yeah and i think it's a good opportunity for glenn close to camp it up again like you know in a very cruella de vil kind of way you know yeah sure no that works and like it could definitely be that they you know they finish on that planet or whatever they get in a spaceship they head off and for whatever reason they don't go back to earth they go just go on to the next planet oh yeah maybe you know they're going to mercury mm-hmm. 
Dog people of Mercury. No. Oh yeah. Well, okay. Maybe they. Yeah. Maybe they kind of after Glenn Close is is dethroned. Maybe mm. they might make peace with the, the surviving cat ladies. The surviving cat women mm-hmm. are like you know see the error of their ways, and then it's like oh why don't we just all work together? And yeah. And then maybe like you see like a UFO, a Martian UFO kind of enter orbit. It's like oh damn. Mm. Oh yeah. 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 Bring the Martians in. So. Yeah, that works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Not my best, but. I started well and then I couldn't think of a way out of it particularly. But. Yeah, sure thing, whatever. Yeah. Cool, okay, so listen submissions? Yeah, listen submissions. Uh, do you have any this week? Um, I've got one or two. Okay. I was really annoyed actually because I only did it a couple of weeks ago that we, I couldn't do an arrival thing for this because that would be really good. But I already did arrival like two weeks ago so I can't do it again. <laughs> well, that's just it's like ak, 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 ak. I like the idea of like Amy mm, Adams yeah. trying to translate that. That'd be fun. Ah, uh, yeah, okay, so, well, Ross Burton is the first person I've got. Cool, yeah. Of course he is. Um, he said, why is it always Mars attacking? The sequel should be another planet. Start a Venus attacks and just keep working outwards. Okay, yeah. sure. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. End with Pluto attacks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Alex Ryan, I actually quite like this one. Modern day, Jack Nicholson. Don't uh-huh. know if you've seen what he's like these days, but... Oof. Yeah. In every role. Sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I would like that. That'd be fun, yeah. <laughs> that would be really fun. Like, dressed as the characters. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Okay, so he's pretty. Good. If, he, if he's playing like the pharaoh girl, he's gonna be running around in like a bra and panties for the whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and last one, Alex Hobson says, turns out exposing them to hardcore psytrance uh, reanimates them and raves all over America to create an army of Walking Dead Martians. Sorry, what? So oh, exposing them to exposing yogi. them to psytrance reanimates them at raves. What's psytrance? Uh, music. Oh, I see. Exposing them to trance music. Yeah. Reanimates the corpses of the Martians. Yes, and then there's all of these so. Like, so I guess that maybe as that genre of music becomes more popular, it's heard more places, and you know heard by more of the corpses of the Martians, and then it's yeah, it's essentially a Walking Dead kind of situation. Oh, interesting. Zombie Martians. That could be good. Yeah, mm. yeah, that would be fun. Zombie Most of Martians. whom without heads. Yeah, or just like exploded heads. Yeah. <gasps> what do you do with zombies when you like destroying the brain doesn't stop them? What do you do? Oh, you've created the ultimate monster. I Ooh, think that's interesting. Oh, yeah. yes. Get that into production. I like that. Hmm. Very good, yeah. Uh, that's what I've got. Okay, cool. I have a few as well. Uh, Luke Shea said Dinosaurs Attack. Oh, yeah. Which is actually was the related trading card game. So they had Mars uh, Attack so they yeah. get Dinosaurs Attack. So Yeah. I mean, it would just be Jurassic Park, I guess, but, you know. Pretty much. Or Jurassic yeah. World, for sure. Mm. Uh, Will Buckingham said, wasn't that a rival? Which, yeah, as I said, it, it mm, fair could enough. Abso- a rival could work as a kind of a stealth sequel to this film. Mm-hmm. Uh, they weren't from Mars, though, were they, those aliens? No. Mm. no. Well, you don't know. Oh. Could have been. Maybe they were. Dennis Fanning said, Venus reacts. Yeah. yeah. Kevin Gray said, John Carter of Mars Attacks. Yeah, that, that thought crossed my mind. Mm-hmm. Darren Gay said, Fifty Shades of Mars Attacks. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's it. Sexy version of the movie. Mm. Uh, Dalton Mayer said Mars Defense, which I guess is what you did. Oh, yeah. yeah attacking yeah. Mars, yeah. Uh, Nick Roseblade said, same film, but from the Martian viewpoint. All in Martian, except from when they meet Air Flanders. So it's all in Martian. Like they're speaking. That doesn't sound very fun. No, probably not. It has to be something. Unless you, like, switch the languages. Yeah, essentially, yeah. And finally, Jason Ritterstein said, Bruno Mars Attacks. <laughs> Great, yeah. That's good. I like that. Yep. <laughs> a planet full of Bruno Mars <laughs> singing aggressively at you. Mm-hmm. 
Cool. Yeah, so those are our submissions this week. If you have any sequel ideas for Mars Attacks or any films we've done in the past, please let us know. We are Beyond the Box Set. You can find us at beyondtheboxset.com. Our podcast is available on all good podcasting platforms, including iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Acast, Google Play, and more. If you like the show, please subscribe for free to get a new episode every Friday morning. Uh, you can also support us on Patreon. Just go to patreon.com forward slash beyondtheboxset. And we have exclusive merchandise at tpublic.com. Again, just search Beyond the Box Set. So, Harry, we are now reaching... The fourth and final edition. Oh, we're so close. We're so close to the end of uh, Glenn Close season. And I thought I'd throw you another bone and keep it light, keep it in a silly, watchable, popcorn-y kind of genre. Mm-hmm. So, although not quite the same as this. A film that came out around the same time. Again, she's in a supporting role, but quite a noticeable one. A film that's been on my list to do for this podcast for a while, actually. Mm-hmm. And that film is a little film called Air Force One. Oh, okay. Yeah. Harrison Ford is the president on a plane. Sure. Action ensues. I think I've been vaguely meaning to watch that, but... Yeah, well, now you've got a chance. Never got around to it. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope you find it as exciting as you found this one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> cool. Okay, so join us next week, listeners, for Air Force One. Yeah. Until then, bye. Bye. Bye.